Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. We're in the Manhattan Beach studio. What's going on? With Pip, Pip Aruni. Yep, we are. So I was listening to a podcast on the way over here. It was Brendan Burchard, and he was just talking about how during this pandemic, we need to be be a, a leader. Well, he didn't say leader. Be a role model and, you know, step up. And I was thinking, what if you just don't feel like it? And I was kind of thinking about um, what if you just don't want to be the bigger person? Mm. And so I thought we should talk about some of these things. Like, you know, when you're little and uh, maybe you get in trouble for your hitting your sister or brother and you get busted and you just want to be like, but it's still their fault. I feel like sometimes we still have that little kid where we just want to be right and not get in trouble and feel like we're okay and not be the bigger person. So I think there's a lot to that. So uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago, we were talking about like the anti-values and the values and like kind of the honor code and stuff. And um, one of the things that they talked about in that book is like Jade's kind of like three levels of a self and first is like base level self, which is like, yes, when you want to have like grudges and be like, and not be the bigger person. And then there's kind of like culture level self. We just want to fit in with everyone. Mm-hmm. And then there's like next level self, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm my, this is the best expression of myself. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I definitely am, can be proud of this version of myself. And I agree. I think we all have those, all three versions of that within our person. And I think it, when it comes to base level behavior, I think it's so normal and so common. And I want to know, like, when was the last time that you kind of like dug your heels in and was like, you know, I don't want to, I think we've all been there. Like whether it's a grudge, yeah. whether it's like, you just want to be self-righteous, whether you just want to be right. And is it okay? And like, what would be an example? Oh gosh. I don't know when the last time was, it was probably way too recent probably from one of the last episodes, me being a ridiculous weirdo jerk. But uh, the one thing that came to my mind really was, you know, if you guys listen to episode one and or sorry, two and three, Jill and I talk about the affairs our husbands had. And there was a point where it was the day or two after I found out about my husband's affair and I wanted to go find the girl. And so I went to the gym because I knew that's where they met. And I didn't know if she'd be there or not, but I had an idea of what she looked like from Instagram. And I go to the gym and I was texting my sister-in-law and I was like, she's here. And she just texted me back. She said, don't be crazy. And I was like, "Mm." like just her saying that made me so mad because I'm like, of course I want to be crazy. I remember looking at her on the treadmill and I just had this fantasy of like, tripping her and then just putting her face on the moving belt (laughs) just like watching her and I was like ah I don't want to be the bigger person here and it stuck with me and I just remember during that whole time I also had another friend who just said to ask myself would what would my higher self do and I hated the question during all of it I kept asking myself but I was like no I just want to light his clothes on fire I just want to throw this stuff in the trash I just wanted to do it all and I didn't and looking back I'm glad I didn't but I don't know. It might've felt good still. I think I still might've been okay with me doing that stuff, but that was a big, that was a big piece. Um, an example of just when I wanted to not be the bigger person, I wanted to get revenge. I wanted to be nasty. I wanted to get back at somebody and I 
didn't do it. But yeah, those kind of things, like, yeah, I did not want. You know, it's interesting that you had that, like, foresight for someone to be like, hey, like, and cue you into, okay, a year from now, will you be proud of that behavior or not? On your deathbed, will you be proud of that behavior or not? And it's so hard. And, you know, if you're listening to this, I don't want you guys to ever think that Danny and I like have all the answers or whatever. Like we've talked through so much of this stuff over and over and over again. And sometimes I will just call up my girlfriends or Danny and just be like, Hey, can I just be like super victim mindset really quick and be like super base level and you can just hold it down for me. Cause I know that that's not like, I can be aware that that's not who I want to be all the time, you know, and I can have, but like, sometimes you just want to go the fuck off. Yeah. And I think that's fine. I remember like after I moved out to LA, uh, left the marriage in the first six months, I was so fucking angry all the time. I was so self-righteous all the time. I remember at the time, it's funny, um, Jade is obviously an quote influencer and whatever. So he was posting on social media, like all these very like, deep if you follow him you know he's very like deep. I mean the dude's a genius but he was posting all of these like very like deep posts about how to be a good person and I was like this motherfucker I remember just being like so disgusted even my girlfriends were like so disgusted because it just felt so out of alignment mm-hmm. knowing what I knew yeah. and knowing what they knew it didn't feel congruent you know and and to his credit he's always been like someone who I think wanted to be a bigger person he just had this like lapse in judgment and this kind of cowardly behavior behind the scenes but I remember like being like this fucking guy and just wanting to put him on blast, yeah. you know, wanting to just be like, you know, like he's not this holy guy who knows all this stuff. Like I wanted to put him on blast so many times. And I remember I never did because again, I just knew that that wasn't my highest version of myself, but it really took a lot of, um, like I actually went, I think I told the story before I went to Byron Katie's event and I had this moment of like, all the things that I was thinking that Jade was like an adolescent and self-righteous and stubborn and all these kind of things. She has you turn it around on you. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. And one of the things she says is you can be um, right or you can be at peace. And I hated that because you also feel as though your anger or the grudge you're holding or whatever is like a punishment so that they can remember what they did because if they get access to me again, they're going to forget all the harm that they did. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me being angry and holding a grudge and having that base level, like not forgiving someone felt almost like at least they get to remember and they get to feel the pain of not having access to me or whatever that was. And forgiving them in a sense kind of felt like, um, like a betrayal of myself almost, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, okay, if I let them off the hook, then all of a sudden, like, I'm weak or I'm small or that means that I'm saying it's okay okay. behavior. I'm condoning the behavior. And, you know, I think, but then, and I actually had a lot of people ask me after the fact, like, I can't believe you forgave him this and that. And I'm like, what's the alternative? What else could you Because I didn't want a minute to minute be angry all the time. I didn't want a minute to minute have a grudge all the time. I didn't want to talk shit constantly, even though it felt so good to be validated by my friends and have the, everyone justify me that I was right. The end of the day, I didn't want to live in those emotions. I didn't want to stay mired in those emotions. So I had to give it up. Yeah. It's really an interesting thing that it feels good to feel bad. Yeah. Like kind of how we talked about in the drama queen episode. I think there's a little bit of an addiction to it. I saw Lori Harder post something this morning about being addicted to feeling bad and just choosing your thoughts. So she said she used to wake up in the morning and just look for the things that went wrong. Like, oh, what did I do wrong yesterday? What did I do wrong? And I, I really think we have to break our addiction to thinking shitty thoughts. We have to break our addiction to wanting to be right and being justified because ultimately it's just this, it's uh, it's like that quote about um, 
getting revenge is like holding something like holding a hot coal and hoping the other person gets burned. It's just, it's burning ourselves. It's hurting ourselves, but there's just something about going, I don't want to be the bigger person today. I don't want to, I'm not going to, I, I am going to stick my, you know, feet down and just be a brat. Yep. And you know, I, I know I've done it in my relationship with Jeff recently. I'm sure I can't think of anything ex- exact example. Cause I feel like it's happened probably a few times. But then when I feel like I got called out on it or when I realize I'm being mad, I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. Like I really was being a punk. And I think that's it is having some awareness. We kind of talked about this before is if you're aware of it, um, then you can shift it and change it. I think the, the trick comes into when you're that way all the time and you are always feeling like you're right and you're always wanting to punish everyone else. You you miss out on so much. I think you miss out on lessons you could learn. You miss out on, totally. I don't know. Just personal love. development stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is all of us have so many dysfunctions, like all of us do, you know what I mean? And the degree to which you are willing to be self-aware is the degree to which you're willing to like start looking at those blind spots, you know? And I think people can go through life in this very like defensive default you know, not bigger person base level way, but they constantly feel as though life is out to get them, that people are trying to take advantage, that there's like this uh, maliciousness that, you know, people are, are interacting with you. And I think that that's just a really miserable way to live. And it's hard because, you know, when you start doing, I would say like, be careful when you start doing mindset work, because you can't turn back. Once you start seeing some of your blind spots and you're seeing some of the ways that you are, that you've been insecure, the ways in which you've had dysfunction, it's like, you can't unsee those things. So you have to be ready. I remember like when I first started, had a mentor, Julius, who would help me, um, like kind of just really in a very kind and empathetic way, help me see some of these insecurities and the ways in which I was being a victim. And I remember just being like, fuck, I wish I could go back to being ignorant. When you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh God, now I have to deal with this bullshit, you know? And so you do have to be, I mean, I would say, and you probably would agree that going down that road is so much more beneficial and it's so much, you know, more uh, enriching in your life, but it is something that you have to be conscious of. It's, and it's also hard and it can feel worse for a little bit. So, um, it's kind of like when you're cleaning out the house, I feel like when I'm cleaning a bedroom, everything gets worse before it gets better. Like you're throwing all the clothes on the bed and you're just like, Oh my God, or you're unpacking and it gets worse before it gets better. But I remember getting a, uh, coach kind of counselor after leaving my marriage. And of course she started to bring up all the ways, like, how did you contribute to the, the affair? And you're like, bitch. Oh, I, there were so many things. And suddenly I turned it off. I was like, oh my gosh, it's all my fault. Oh shoot. I did all of these things. Which and, also wasn't true. Yeah. It, and it took a big swing. To, and again, I was like, I wish I didn't know this. I wish I didn't know because at first I could just blame him. Now I'm like, oh my God, if I knew all these things before, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Now it's my fault. And I had to end up going to another counselor later who was like, well, he still had a choice here too, right? Like there are things, yes, you did, but you have to take responsibility for yours and not take every piece of responsibility. Um, you want to share the Susie White story? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was also going to say that one of the hardest things is when you start doing, just to wrap up this commerce, part of the conversation is, you know, once you do start learning some of these things, then you have like the double judgment on top of it because then you go, I know better. Yeah. Right. So how many of us have had the experience of like reading personal development books, even listening to this podcast and starting to become maybe, um, I don't say a better version of yourself, but maybe a more evolved version of yourself. And then you find yourself in those base level behaviors again, and you get mad at yourself. And now, and I remember my mentor, same thing. He said, you know, Jill, I get why you are blaming yourself. He goes, but that doesn't help either. 
Cause now it's like, it's a, it's the double judgment on top of it. You're not only are you like ignorant and like now you have the awareness. So you think I quote should know better and that doesn't help either. So catch yourself in those kind of like self defeating thoughts as well. All right, quick break here to talk about our sponsor of this episode, noissue.co. So noissue is an amazing uh, custom sustainable packaging company. And what I love about this, I just love the custom customizability, is that a word, of these uh, tissue papers, packing envelopes, stickers, everything you could think of. Y'all, if you have a business or a product that you send out or even just events that you host, you know, details make such a big difference, how everything looks and ties together. And this is a company where you can upload your logos, up your uh, upload your own designs, and create these really unique experiences and gifts that just are very memorable. And not only do they have that cool, like, special touch, everything is um, it's either recyclable, it is compostable, or it is reusable. And so it's very environmentally friendly. We all know, you know, Amazon, we get so many boxes of shipments and, and stuff that's just not great for the environment, and it just turns into landfill waste. And so they are really committed to making sure everything is reusable, recyclable, or compostable. So I'd love for you to check it out. Just go over to their website. It's really cool. It's a really cool concept. Go to noissue.co, and anything you purchase, if you type in the best life, we are going to save you some dough. So check it out, and we'll see you back in the episode. Yeah. So part of what we wanted to talk about was shout out J. Cole, my dad on this. Uh, sometimes he listens, but Jim Coleman, uh, this is a story from a couple of years ago. He lived in Ireland for a couple of years and uh, one summer, I think summer 2015, my brothers and I have three younger brothers and I went to Ireland and we were having a conversation and we were um, talking about, I think one of my younger brothers had broken up with his girlfriend or she had broken up with him and he was kind of heartbroken over it. And so he went to the bathroom and then my dad just goes in a very thick Boston accent. He goes, I got two words for you, Susie White. And all of us were like, wait, what? Like what? <laughs> Susie White, we have no idea what that means. And he goes, yeah, she turned me down in the seventh grade. <laughs> she's dead to me. <laughs> Such a thick Boston accent. He goes, she's dead to me. No, she's dead to us. Yeah, she's dead she's to us. She's dead to us. She turned me down in the seventh grade. So this is a man who's 60. And I mean, now we laugh about it and like fuck around with him about it. And he thinks it's ridiculous too, but it was funny how he said it. And it was just like, man, we like to hold some grudges, don't we? And all of us have those people in our lives that we just go, this person is dead to us, Yeah, you know? And is that healthy? I don't know if that's healthy or not. You know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, we all have those people. I don't like to feel at all like someone has some hold over me, you know, like I just did the Enneagram thing and it's so funny. I was an eight and it says like their biggest fear is someone having control over them. And I was like, yes, exactly me. And anytime I give someone that much power and I'm thinking about them all the time mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, wishing that they, wishing them ill will or whatever it is, like it's still taking up brain space, you know, for me versus being able to really truly cut the cord and really forgive the person or really overcome it. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll have a girlfriend talk to me and, and say, you know, uh, complain about someone else. And I'm like, well, have you brought up to them? And they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm over it. And I'm like, well, you're obviously not over it. Cause you keep bringing it up to me. Yeah. So the degree to which we keep bringing it up and the degree to which it keeps being a thing means it's actually not resolved. Cause the most, and I remember my, my mentor saying this to me, he goes, you'll know when you're truly over it, 
when you literally, there's zero emotional attachment. Like you don't hate them. You don't love them. There's nothing there. And I remember being like, that's so true. I will have actually completely over, like gotten over this whole thing. If it's just not even a thing, it's not, it's not an emotionally high or low thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. It's such a good one. Susie White. So now we, yeah, we always use that. Like anytime anyone's like, now we use it as kind of a joke, but if you do, if you cross us, you might be a Susie White. You're dead to us. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, I love the, uh, having someone have that much control. Um, I remember thinking, you know, when I was so upset about my ex-husband and uh, even I had an ex-business partner, I was so pissed and so mad at her all the time. And I was thinking about, she's probably not thinking about me. Same thing with him. He's probably not thinking about me. I'm spending so much time being angry, stalking their social media, seeing what they're doing, getting so upset. And I'm like, wait a second. If he's not caring about me this much, if he or she is not looking at all my stuff, then why am I holding this? It's like, it's, it's like somehow you feel like you're punishing them, but they're not, they're oblivious. They're not feeling punished. Which also makes you get even more (laughs) mad about it, except it's still not helping. So I think one of the best things we can do is like, I try to put myself in their shoes and go, well, if he doesn't care, then I don't care, you know? And, and not in a, like the way that I said it, but just literally going, I have to just live my life. Like that's what they're doing. They're living their life. So I guess I got to go live my life. And that, that actually did really help me get through like when I moved out to LA after the affair, I was like, oh, he doesn't care. He's living his life. So I guess that's what I'm going to do is like, go live my life. Came out to Los Angeles, got a place. And of course he comes back months later. And I was like, I moved on. Like I had to live my life here. And, you know, there was a lot of pain you caused and, you know, I can't really come back from that. Like we're going to have to work through this or not. But I think moving on, um, is part of it is just letting it go. And you don't even necessarily have to forgive that in the moment. Um, but just letting it go, I think is a part of forgiveness. It's just like, it's not letting you. I think you have to find a way to diffuse the emotional charge. Yeah. Like if you're thinking about this person every single day, like that's an issue, you know? And I remember when Jade and I went our separate ways and he would, um, at one point he said to me, and this is still when I was like deep, deep in my self-righteousness and my anger and my hurt, he said, he was going through his own kind of healing journey. And he said, I'm just not willing to, he goes, I have to, I have to start forgiving myself. And I remember being so fucking angry about that. I was like, you don't get to forgive yourself <laughs> until I let, decide that you're forgiven. <laughs> yeah. You know, it like yeah. felt so like, but he, and, and for him too, he had to start being like, I have to forgive because he hated himself. He hated that version of himself and he had to start moving on and, and loving himself, frankly. And, you know, and so, and I remember being like, I'll tell you when it's okay to heal. Like I'm the one, you know, and I, and now looking back, I'm like, yeah, he did have to go through that process. And then I came very soon afterwards. It is really hard. I'm trying to think of maybe what would you tell someone who's in that spot? Who's like, but I think I want to be mad. I think it's valid. I do think it's valid. I think it's normal. I think that we talked about this a little bit. I forget which episode, but at some point you do have to start moving forward. You know, I remember there was a moment, it was maybe a year or two ago and I was like, wow, like I've gone days without thinking of Jade, you know? And I'm like, okay, that's progress. You know? So there, there needs to be some level of you starting to diffuse. And I think you can't make it your identity. I think sometimes if we really make it our identity, then we cling to it so hard because that's the only way we can feel a sense of worth or I'm justified or 
we all agree that he's an asshole and I was the one who was the victim in all of this. And as, as much as you, if you keep the degree to which you identify as the victim and continue to identify as the victim, you're never going to be able to move on. So I think you have to give up that sense of identity. So I think for someone who's in it, like Danny said, figure out a way to move forward. Maybe there needs to be a different identity. You know, I think for Danny and I, it probably wasn't the healthiest identity, but we fucking dated a lot and we went out all the time. We, we drank a lot and we did all these just different things than being in like a long-term marriage where you went to bed at eight o'clock every night. Like we had to completely do, I know for me and you, we had to completely do something different to start being a different person. And I think we've kind of come back to the middle now. And so I think you have to look at it like, okay, do I have to move somewhere? Do I have to get out of this environment? Do I have to start a new hobby? Do I have to start a business? Do I have to have a side hustle? Like you have to have something outside of the identity of I was done wrong. I'm a victim. You have to become like, okay, I'm now a coach or I'm now, uh, you know, a student or I'm a, I travel the world. I'm an entrepreneur. Like there needs to be a different label that you start to put on it. And that takes a lot of courage. And a lot of people aren't ready for that quite yet. And I don't know that you're ever ready. I think you have to force yourself to do it a little bit. So that's why I'm like, sign up for a class, move somewhere else, travel the world, you know, uh, start a side hustle, invest in a coach. Like you have to do something because like you always say, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And you have to force yourself to identify some different way. So freaking good. I'm glad you brought up the identity because I think that's the piece that we do hold on to the most. Identities are hard to let go of. I was just on a like interview thing today and talking back about uh, when I was paralyzed. And one of the big things that crushed me was that I was an acrobat and my degree was in physical education and everything was physical. And then when you can't walk, then what are you, you know? So if you identify as one thing and then you can't do the thing anymore, or you're not the thing, then suddenly you lose so much. You feel like you've lost everything. If you identify as, you know, a mother and you lose a child, then you lose yourself. You know, if you identify as anything and that's taken away. And so I think we do tend to get in that self-righteous piece and create, it's like it creates an identity and it does take some effort. It doesn't just happen by itself. Well, think about like society too. Like you and I could like shout from the rooftops that we were like cheated on and you know, we were the victim in those scenarios and we would get a lot of validation for that. So there's nearly not a lot of incentive to change the narrative because we're getting the exact affirmation that we want and need to feel justified in our pain and feel justified in being the victim. And so you have to kind of buck some of that stuff. I remember when I first, and I think you did too, when we both of us kind of came public with our, uh, with the infidelity in our marriages, I remember just saying like, I'm not available for like your emotions about it. I emailed my list and I said, I've worked through this up and down sideways. There's nothing like you can respond back. And I don't even want you to be like, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't want even any of the sympathy, mm-hmm. you know, even though it was really well-meaning and people really cared about you and I, I didn't even want any of that. Cause I had already worked through it, you know? So I didn't even want to identify back with the person that I had moved through and so, you know, it's, it is even harder because if you ask anyone in cult, this culture or society, they'll agree with you. You were the one done wrong. Yep. Yep. I like it. It's a process. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And also I think it's normal too. Like I think it's valid. And I think if you are going to kind of position yourself as a victim and just like dig your heels in and hold a grudge and like not let that person off the hook, then just be aware, right? Just be aware that you're being that person and that's fine. And you know, own it. I think there's so much power in just owning it. You know, um, one of our best friends, Nagar, she was on the podcast or, you know, one of the best friends and she's, she's very, she's one of the most loyal people I know. And, but she will be the first to tell you like, some people are just dead to me and that's it. And she owns it. She knows that about herself. She's so loyal 
But if like, if you cross her one too many times, she, you're just fucking out of her life. And she's very open with that, you know? And so, but if you are like in her inner circle, she will go to the ends of the earth for you to make you feel welcome to do what you need. Like she'll, she's a mom at heart. Like she's, but yeah, I mean, but she has a line and she will very much be your Susie White. <laughs> Susie White. Well, y'all. <laughs> Don't double cross us or your we'll Susie. Let's ask Jay Cole if, uh, if he's ever forgiven Susie. We need to have him on the podcast. We do, maybe this summer. Yeah. Well, love you guys. Um, please subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening to it. And uh, follow us on the IG and jump in our private Facebook group at thebestlightpodcast.com. Yep. And let us know if you guys have. Uh, and I also, you know, like we tell you guys, you know, you're always justified. If you have someone, if you have a Susie White in your life, tell us what's going on with that. Yeah. Are you willing to consider forgiving them and moving on? Or is it, she's dead to you? Yeah. Or do we, do we need to jump her? <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will definitely do that. All right. All right bye, guys.